always start off right off the bat because you miss out on so much good content <laughs> if you just war you know do the warm welcome and walk through and then you miss like so much gold so we're going straight into us uh welcome Love back it. to another great episode of secure health podcast today with me are uh the team part of the team behind holbrook farms retreat uh guys please introduce yourself to our audience Sure. All right. Well, we appreciate you bringing us on today, Denny. It's really nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Michaela Broncado. I'm here with my husband, Matt Broncado, and we are actually still serving in the Air National Guard out here in uh, the National Capital Region at the Pentagon. So, um, but our background, we did about eight years on active duty in the Air Force and then thought that we were going to really you know, branch out and go part time and become entrepreneurs. Um, and we did, and we we're very thankful for that. Uh, but as the world, you know, was still very busy for our Air Force jobs. So that kept us uh, fully employed. And, um, but uh, we were able to start our own business. And using those proceeds, we were able to then start our nonprofit, which is Holbert Farms Retreat. And we're excited to share a little bit more uh, with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of correlations between service and nonprofit work. Uh, a, it takes a lot of time and effort, a lot of dedication, and you got to do a lot of hustling. You got to be able to yeah. talk and meet and greet people and, and be an ambassador. Um, that's one of the the things that I've seen. It's if you're going to go into the nonprofit work and you're already a service member, you you've got a lot of the foundational skills. Um, so tell me about that. How, how did that uh, idea first come up because I know for me as a, a mental health advocate, it was because I was suffering from a lot of mental health issues mm -hmm. and I had come to a point where it's like, okay, there's, I can't find anybody to walk me through this. That's wearing the same uniform, a green beret like me to help me bridge this gap of like being injured and, and get back to being healthy. How did you guys come into this world? That's a great question because, uh, it was really back in 2011. Um, we were serving the Air National Guard at the time, living in Minnesota as part of the North Dakota Air National Guard. And uh, in April of 2011, um, my roommate from the Air Force Academy was uh, shot and killed in Kabul. And then two months after that, um, a good friend of Michaela's uh, was killed in an airplane accident, F-16 crash in uh, in Nevada. And uh, and we know we thought through our military career, uh, we knew it's a high risk profession, and we. We, but those were a couple of our really close friends that really hit us, hit us pretty hard. And so we just didn't know what to do, though. So we didn't know how to help. We didn't know what to say. And so we reached out to a couple of friends of ours and we're like, how do we uh, give back to this community? And just to what you just said, it's it's more about surrounding yourself with people that get what you're going through. And so um, the long story, of we, we had this property that we purchased in 2010. And we reached out to a friend of ours and said, hey, what helped you get through this difficult time? Because we don't know, we're not the experts. We don't know what to do. And uh, and she's like, you know, what, what worked for me is just being around my family and friends at the lakes, the lakes of Minnesota. And the, the light bulb moment was, well, we just have this property that could be an opportunity for um, people to come together because we felt the positive energy there. It's out in nature. And so uh, we just thought that that'd be a, a good venue to bring people together to surround each other with people that have gone through similar tragedies. And so that was the idea that, that triggered the, um, you know, what do we do with this property and how do we uh, give back to this community? And so um, 
we reached out to TAPS and some other organizations that said, how do we coordinate with you to uh, help this community? And, uh, and at the time, we didn't, know, we didn't know anything about nonprofits. We didn't know anything about the space. We just knew we wanted to serve the community. And so, uh, um, so from that moment, we said, you know, why don't we just try this uh, on our own and see what happens? And so in 2014, we, uh, we welcomed five uh, survivors, military widows, to our property and just asked for feedback and just walked them through an agenda. And, uh, and that's what started all off in 2014. So we're coming up on our 10th year. That's, that's amazing. Um, a powerful story. And I, I got to commend you because that, that speaks to me. It, it's, you can go out there and search and find every guide, every mentor on, on earth for work that's dedicated to somebody and of service to others. But at the end of the day, you got to just start, just start building that scaffolding and start figuring out how to do it. Um, because it's a labor of love there. It's your purpose, your passion, it's your why you're, you're in this and people can give you instructions on how to do the business side of it, how to do your taxes, how to make sure everything's uh, on the, on the straight and, and uh, narrow. And it's, that's all important. Trust me. Like I understand all that, but you can't find somebody to help you mentor passion and drive when it comes to something like this. It's, it's such a deeply embedded uh, mission and it's so closely held to your heart that at some point it's just like, man, we got to, we just got to do it. And we'll each after point one version one, we'll readapt and we'll make it look better. And, and I'm sure that first one uh, wasn't perfect. Uh, but tell me about that. What was the first uh, retreat like and how did how rewarding was that? Yeah, it's actually a really good point because when we first came up with the idea in 2011, like I mentioned, we thought that after we retired, we'd be able to start this retreat center and then we'd have all this time to build the, the back shop, I, I call it, a, of the nonprofit. Like learn about the 501c3 space and get all our legal stuff in order. Um, but to your point, um, we are the type of people that just, we saw a need, we saw a demand signal from this community that needed support, and we just jumped right in. So uh, what's interesting too is the, the agenda that we had for that first year uh, is pretty much held true through all, all our nine seasons up to this point. And so, but you're right. And what we asked for from that, from that first group is, do you mind if we just fly on the wall and just be part of the retreat with you so we can get your feedback throughout the entire thing? And they were open to that. And, and we just absorb as much as we as much as we could from that experience. Um, and what we learned from that is not only we, did we feel it was beneficial for that group of people to connect with each other, build some really strong connections and friendships, knowing that they're they're not alone in their journey of losing a spouse to military service, is that we felt the community came together to support this this event. Um, and so that's it. So Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, you know, Western Minnesota, not a huge military influence in that area, but there's a strong support for the military. And this became a venue for that community to support the military. And so we, as you know, that we, we cannot do this on our own. We, we, we reached out to the, the local community and said, we need help. And, uh, and just to see the community come together was very rewarding for us to see that they, they bonded behind a, a common, common cause. Yeah, Denny, if I could add to, you know, Matt and I had deployed several times and, you know, I was very thankful for those experiences. I never thought I'd be in Kandahar, Afghanistan. But when I came back, you know, I had been changed and some of it for a great reason. Um, I'm very appreciative of the freedoms our country provides. Um, I'm I'm very much so um, thankful for the rights of women. 
um, compared to what I saw in Afghanistan. And so, but, you know, I remember being at the grocery store one day and somebody was making a fuss over the sale item wasn't on the shelf. And I thought, oh, if you only knew, I just came from a place where they didn't even have toothpaste, you know? So I think that was also a catalyst for being able to to do this and serve and, and you know, give back to those that had sacrificed really what I feel is the ultimate sacrifice for our country is when you lose a loved one in service. Uh, but I think what I tell people about, you know, starting their mission or their nonprofit or foundation is you cannot overthink it. Because if we would have done the whole like business plan and, you know, all that, it is, it can get overwhelming and you can start to kind of think through like, well, maybe we're not ready or maybe this isn't the right time. And whereas we really thought we were going to start one and then shut it down until several years later, what ended up happening is the momentum of, well, that group of women told, you know, 15 more women, which then grew to a wait list of over 200. And now you're trying to figure out how do we scale with not only, you know, volunteers um, and, you know, the the resources to be able to do it. But um, but, yeah, I just tell everybody that if you have a passion on your heart, like, you know, ask for help, you know, reach out, you know, it might not be the 110 percent solution, but do it. And you're going to learn a lot along the way. And that's why I'm really appreciative of others like you that are helping get the word out, because we do have to share lessons learned, best practices, um, because there is no perfect template for this. No, absolutely. It's, it's, um, there's no magical book or guide that you're going to be able to pour yourself overnight and find how to do this. And I think that goes for every nonprofit. It comes, uh, purpose, passion, that connection in in the heart and that sheer drive. And I want to give a shout out to Sarah that was with us at the uh mic because like that's um that, that that can be overwhelming but she showed up like just head first and just dove right in i mean it was it was awesome to be able to uh bring her in and be able to make that connection from you know all these great people in the in industry and just be like hey pamphlet information like take all this knowledge and bring it back to your team because all those connections are with people that genuinely care everybody at that convention every veteran and entrepreneur that has laid the foundation for all of us to follow through is deeply connected to the community of like, Hey, how can we make, make things better for our veterans and our active service members and especially our gold star families? Because that, that's, that's something that is uh, for us in this project in security hall, that's deeply connected to us. That's something that when you serve on such a small team, like, you know, family members. And when you lose a, a brother, like that's the, that's the worst thing that can happen throughout your mission. That's the worst, absolutely the, the worst thing. You got to come home and then see the family, go to the memorials and then wonder like, who's taking care of them? Like who's going to offer the support? Cause everybody worries about the financial and the financial is very important, especially with kids and in the uncertainty of our economy today, like children and their futures are absolutely important. But the wife, what about the spouse? Because once you take away their significant other, they have all this stress. They have all this just pouring on top of them. And it's like, how do we get them back to feeling like they can breathe? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we get them to feel like they can just take a step back and breathe? And that's, I mean, searching for resources myself so I can highlight things for the spouses 
Like, that's something I wasn't able to find. Like sometimes you need to address the fact that this woman needs to be able to walk away and go to a retreat and be able to breathe again and laugh and find peace and, and get introduced to things like yoga and mindfulness. Because once, once you give them that ability to take that deep breath and finally be able to say, okay, I can, I can make it through this. I can go through this process. I have a team of people here and life will continue. And once I saw your retreat or once I saw your website and everything, I'm like, okay, uh, a I love the colors, big, big teal, teal fan <laughs> over here at security hall. But that's the first thing that I saw that was like, wow, like it really is being able to take this person out of the environment and give them a break for, for a period of time where it actually it matters. It's not like a, a two hour session with a, a therapist and dealing with anxiety. It's actually removing them from the environment for a little bit, bringing down their, uh, their stress, bringing them down, being at, at a rate of feeling almost back to normal for a little bit and understanding like, okay, well I'm, I'm down regulated now. Like this is what, this is what being calm feels like. Holy cow. And I'm not saying like people don't want to be around their kids or their family. That's not it at all. But knowing stress, knowing anxiety, knowing that pain and going through a loss and grieving process. Yeah, it's nice and it's beneficial to remove somebody from that environment. And that's such a powerful mission you guys are doing. So I commend you. And when you're going through this day in and day out, what's the overall mission plan for the future? What's what's Holbrook Farms look like 10 years from now? Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Denny. And we know that, um, like Michaela said, the, the wait list, unfortunately, continues to grow. And uh, and what's re- also very rewarding is what you mentioned, too, is when we pick them up for the airport, it's about an hour drive out to the farm and you see an immediate connection with people. Um, they don't know each other until they land in Fargo, North Dakota, and then immediately there's a common bond and they feel like they can let their guard down immediately. Um, yeah. So where we're headed in the future is... Um, a couple of years ago, we started reaching out to Sisters of the Fallen as well. We realized that the, the direct families to those that have lost a brother or sister in combat or in military-related accidents uh, is an underserved area as well. And so what we're trying to do is not only serve the broader community, uh, but also more locations and try to offer more retreats. So when it comes to the, the Detroit Lakes, Minnesota Retreat Center, uh, we're hoping to get about four retreats per year um, consistently. And and when I say hoping, it's it's a demand-based. Um, when we see the resources come in, the volunteers come in, and the wait list come in, we try to meet that need. Um, awesome. But we realize that Minnesota itself is not ideal for retreats in January, February. <laughs> we haven't convinced 60 below zero yet. But... Wait, wait a second. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> so we are I don't know about to- you. Because uh, being in Afghanistan in wintertime, that feels just, it's the most comforting thing to just be miserable and frozen. I, I, <laughs> I, I refuse to acknowledge that that's not a place you want to be in wintertime. <laughs> yeah, well, and we do have a sauna, so that helps a little bit. But uh, we, are, we are looking at expanding to some other climates and, and different locations. But, um, and I would say the other thing, too, is, you know, we've, We've been really intentional about what is on the agenda for each retreat as far as alternative ways to healing, because we know there's a time and place for therapy and medication, but we also know that that can sometimes not work for folks. So providing them an introduction of whether it's massage therapy or yoga or paddleboarding or 
um, healing through writing and journaling and art therapy, music therapy. So they get a little touch of each of that. So now what we're looking to do is provide opportunities virtually. You know, that was kind of the silver lining of COVID was what can we do to bring this community together in different times of the year, not during just during retreat season. So offering some, you know, meetups virtually to do art yeah. projects together or take classes of yoga or um, meditation, mindfulness. Um, so providing more resources throughout the year, both in person and virtually, I think that's where, again, we go. And then we've also been so fortunate to be able to support the, the Gold Star kids. And what we saw, to your point, is a lot of these are single moms. And they haven't had a chance to get away because they are you know, raising the next generation. And so we were able to partner with a local kids camp through the YMCA and oh, bring awesome. the kids to go to a lake camp. And it's an adventure camp. So it's not specifically grief counseling for them, but they're around other kids that have lost a parent. So they get to go to camp while their moms come stay with us. And it, you know, gives the moms a peace of mind that the kids are right down the road. So, you know, within reach if they need, but then they can take that time, like you said, and unplug a bit, be around like-minded people that can share resources. And I think that's just, it's kind of that build it and they will come mentality. And that's what we look forward to doing is we're going to expand this as our higher power, good Lord is allowing. And um, yeah, it's really hard to believe we're in our 10th year uh, already. That's awesome. And that's, that's so vital. The, uh, speaking to that, um, I always call it a tribe. The, the, the biggest thing I realized, um, uh, that I wasn't aware of before and it just wasn't on the, uh, on the forefront of my mind is when a spouse leaves the active duty community, they're leaving behind all their friends, their, their community of people that understand what it's like. They, they have, it is a very different interaction. And, and just now recently talking about it, um, it's a very, very, very painful experience to be removed from your active duty community, going to the civilian world and not have the same connection points and not feel like, cause it's hard. It's hard to go reach out to your community, your new civilian community of people that have never known what your life was like, of what it's like to be an active duty spouse and trying to meet neighbors again and, and all the social norms that might be different in this new part of the United States that you moved to and bringing them back to a group of like-minded individuals, your tribe that understands and can give you back that sense of belonging. That's powerful. That in itself and being able to connect it because COVID did give us a lot of great blessings. And one of the greatest things that I realized was this ability to communicate through Zoom, Riverside, uh, Teams, or the horrible WebEx experience. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, not, it's not the best but it's better than nothing. And if you do it often enough, if you continue to do outreach through Zoom, you develop a report. It's the same thing we were making fun of uh, people who play video games a couple of years ago. Be like, oh my God, these people have never met. And they're like, <laughs> just these diehard friends because they always join up every Saturday night to play these video games. Well, look, we were wrong, guys. Sorry for making fun of you. You were right. You can build a community <laughs> online, getting together. And that's, that's what I've seen. And being able to offer that on top of a retreat that's powerful. That that gives them a powerful tool and tribe to connect with when things go back to being hard. Because it's not a it's not a clear cut, easy traveling path when you're going through grief and healing. It's a dedicated 
journey. And sometimes you veer off and sometimes you need that community to pull you back in, get you back on the right track. That's awesome. Um, how did you guys find volunteers in the local area? What was, what was your call to action that was able to bring? And I, I imagine I've never been to Minnesota, but I imagine Minnesota being filled with like the nicest people that just always bring casseroles to your dit to your doorstep. So it's like I I can only imagine how how positive that was. But tell me about the outreach. How did you guys get people? And was that rough at any point, or was it always like just like, hey, we're here? (laughs) Yeah, that's a a great question, and uh, I'll talk really quickly to your point about um, one of my roles at the retreat. The actual retreat is volunteering, is I like to to drive the, the the bus. And uh, so I can get their bags for them. I get the door for them, you know, just serve them. And what I found is um, they aren't surrounded by couples anymore because they get pulled from, they don't go to couples, um, yep. you know, double dates and things like that. So they get pulled from, not only that, they, they get pulled from the military bases and communities because they can't, you know, live there on base. Not, they don't get the opportunity to live on base and whatnot anymore. So they get yanked from that community. And so I had some amazing conversations with people, uh, with some of our guests, just because they needed some a guy to talk to that, that you know they had their uh, their brothers in uh, in arms too that they would love hanging out with. So, uh, but to your question about reaching out to the volunteers, um, so in 2014 when we first started, um, we had uh, it's a five bedroom house and we had uh, queen beds and like just a normal. Uh, what we'd have for guests and whatnot. And we knew we needed to completely flip that upside down in order to to build it for retreats. And so we just went door to door around the community, the furniture stores and to um, like the landscaping stores, like everywhere and just said, here's what we're doing. We need help. And you're right. It, every, the, the help just started pouring in. Uh, we used Facebook and every social media that we could just to let people know, here's what we're doing and we need help because yes, it was our, our idea with our team, with Sarah included. But uh, we knew that we would not be able to get to where we needed to be without some help. And so and that's where I feel like, um, you know, we had community work days where some people would come out with their boots and their gloves and start cleaning up um, twigs and and um, and trees from the yard and all that stuff. It just uh, it was very worrying to see. But you're right. It is challenging to manage all that. We had Cub Scout groups come out. We had um, the fire department come out. And so. Uh, we try to do that on an annual basis to have a, a Holbrook Farms uh, work day where we can have a specific date set aside for, hey, if you're if you like washing windows, we'll let you go inside and clean the windows or if you whatever you like doing. And that's a unique thing about the nonprofit. So being in the military, we try to push people beyond their comfort zone to grow and yeah. develop as leaders in the nonprofit space. We try to find people that have a skill and just love doing it and yeah. then put them in that space in, in the in the context of Holbrook, like, what do you like to do? Yep. You can go do that. If you like going and get food for, uh, that's your hospitality is your, is your gift. Then you can go grab the food, bring it back for all the workers to help. And, and, uh, but when it comes to our board volunteers, a lot of that has been, yes, through the military community and through the local community, but it's also been from the survivors themselves. So that's amazing. Yeah. And I should mention too, because your audience may be wondering, why are we having people pick up sticks? It is a maple syrup farm. That's actually what it, it has been throughout the years. And we have tapped our maple trees there a few years. Um, so there are 
several sticks that are on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That That's revenue right there. I see revenue stream right there. <laughs> yes, but it does make for a beautiful setting. You know, we always say, cue the eagle, cue the turkey it it, it sits on a lake in minnesota called holbrook lake so that's where the name comes from but um also to that point of where do you find volunteers what we have had to realize is you just have to ask and so i want to give a shout out to some of the um you know nonprofits in the military veterans space you know the dav the elks club you know we just went and told them what we were doing and whether it was time you know getting volunteers to come out to the property or to the retreats whether it was their talent you know maybe somebody had web design or you know was really great at newsletter editing or um and then of course resources you know the, the more we can you know, provide a hundred percent of donations. We're very intentional about that goes to bringing survivors, sisters, and the kids to retreats. Um, and, um, our business is what handles the overhead. So, um, so I think that that's, you know, again, it's, it ends up being this cool community. Our national guard family helped out a ton, um, helped us build a deck and, um, take some of the trees that had come down in a storm, but, yeah, when it comes to the actual retreats themselves, we open that up to anybody who wants to come. Um, as long as you can come and get there, um, we'll take care of all the food and the housing and all that um, to be there and and just serve our survivors. So that's amazing. That that that's oh man. Like I I am just blown away at. It's like it seems to me that it's the perfect community. It's the perfect community that just loves to serve and loves to be there and give back uh and that's that's like the most american thing that i can think of and we're we're, i'm not seeing it everywhere there's so much division but it's like everybody every single american can get behind this cause everybody can feel at at some a connection to this and that speaks volumes to to like how powerful it is to just be able to say hey this is what we're doing and have a mass of people that are willing to help like that's that that's a I don't see that anymore. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, it, when it comes to your own um, mental health, your own, you know, your journey and focusing on you, because when you have a mission that's of giving back and always pouring from your cup, it can drain you mm-hmm. really fast. Um, what do you guys do to focus on yourselves in order to maintain that? energy and be able to give back so often and so willingly how do you take care of yourselves that is that's a fantastic question and i should have mentioned that as far as where the nonprofit is going and so we're looking into um, mental health awareness uh, training for our team uh, we have two uh, mental health professionals that uh, that we're bringing on board to our team yes to help us serve the community the survivor community but also to train our staff uh, because yeah. while we're there, we don't always have the answer. We don't have any answers to the questions of what they're going through because we haven't done it before. Yeah. Um, but we're bringing someone on board to help train us to how to engage with those types of conversations. Yeah. And I'd love to just add, um, I think every person needs a retreat like this. And that yeah. really, yeah. if I were to say my ultimate goal is I would love to be able to scale to so that everybody could experience this because yeah. um you know, we've all gone through loss 
it may not be of a person in a mm-hmm. tragic death, you know, but it could have been like transition of your military career into the civilian world. Yes. Or each time you move, you know, so much of our community, every time we move, Matt and I have moved a lot. Um, <laughs> we, we leave a piece of, you know, yeah. our hearts like in that place. And so there is loss. And if you haven't had a chance to process that, it can build. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of people get stuck or they're not able to move forward. You know, we always want to honor those that we've lost, but yeah. we want to also be able to help, you know, be healthy and, and be able to live the life. And so I think that that also is part of our goal is that we do take care of ourselves. It's like that, put your oxygen mask on first before yes. you help somebody else. You got like, to. You, got you to. have to. Um, and I'll be honest to tell the community here, I have, I have gone through a couple adrenal failures, like total, like burnout. Um, one was coming back from Afghanistan and, and I realized that I wasn't doing that well. I wasn't finding a good balance. And I think that's one of the reasons why I feel echo therapy, like being in nature, because when I was able to get on the lake and be on a paddleboard or going jet skiing or that's to me where I recover and I find my peace. Um, for Matt, it's car therapy when he's out in his garage working on his truck. Like <laughs> that's where he can fill back up. So, yeah. um, you know, and alongside that, you know, getting rest, you know, that's one of the things we really promote at the retreat is that, you know, you can get some good sleep that you can, you know, eat healthy foods, you know, again, not that we're trying to count calories, like you need to splurge too, but you know, yeah, there's yeah. a difference when you can eat clean and be yes. nourished and hydrated. And so those types of principles are definitely there. But, um, you know, I, I really do think being around people who understand what you've walked through and that sense of community. And again, it doesn't have to be somebody that you really know. Like Matt said, on the drive, you know, we try to get them on a Zoom call before they come. So they at least yeah. have some faces and names. But it's amazing how quickly you can become very close friends and then have those friends as you walk through each step. Because we know everybody's journey through grief is going to be at a different time and pace. And you're going to have these memories that come up that are, are difficult just when you think you're making progress. So um, we just want everyone to know that there's a resource there. You know, Holbrook Farms and the Survivors of Heroes Retreats are there for them when they need it. And I'll, yeah. I'll add on to that really quickly, too, is um, it's a year long planning process to pull off three to four retreats each summer. And uh, and sometimes the board, it's it's a grind sometimes, as you know, that uh, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And then when we get to an actual retreat, the we come away from those tre- retreats completely emotionally drained, physically yes. exhausted, just <laughs> completely wiped, but at the same time, completely fulfilled with watching what just happened over a five-day period, uh, watching people at the end of the, the, the five days just laugh and, and, and trade, trade phone numbers and make sure they stay in touch. And, and then we, we, we feel fulfillment from seeing that, that magic happen. And then that motivates us to push through the next off-season. And uh, that's one of our concerns was in 2020 when we had all virtual retreats because we didn't, we didn't want to have the mm-hmm. ability to bring people together is keeping our board motivated. I was super proud of how our team uh, stayed engaged and stayed um, working hard to make sure that we build it better for the following year. There was a lot of reflection time during that time as well. So uh, we felt like we came out of that even stronger. But it was leaning and we and 
being in the military, you know, we, we do a good debrief too. So we tell all the, <laughs> all the stories of what we just saw over the retreat week and that just builds us back up again too. Yeah. And it, you got to remember it, it's, it's, um, it's, it is rewarding seeing the, the labor, like everything come to fruition, but you gotta, you gotta have that planning that includes, uh, the break for the entire team to take care mm-hmm. of yourself. Cause without you, if you burn out, cause I know exactly what you're talking about, the adrenal fatigue, like if you don't plan for that break, for that deep, deep breath in and relax for like a couple, couple of weeks, like everything falls apart and you can't continue the mission if you're not around. So we need you guys to take care of yourselves as well. Um, when it comes to your, your integration of programs like mindfulness, meditation, and yoga, do you guys take care, uh, take, uh, advantage of that as well? Are you participants? Are you, are you definitely, uh, involved in that? Uh, I like to call it my, my cult of wellness because it really, once you do one thing, it plugs into everything in your life and you're like, holy cow, I had the wrong idea about what meditation, what yoga is all about. Like this, this is part of my life now. I have to integrate this. And then I'm constantly bringing more people and like trying to like get the, you know, your fellow green berets or fellow grunts to be like, you need to try yoga. You need to try meditation. And it does feel kind of like a weird cult, but it's, it's good in a good way, in a good way. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm glad you asked that because, so I started uh, teaching yoga when I was supervising 200 aircraft mechanics in Charleston, South Carolina. And I just remembered, like, I would try to introduce this because I was like, okay, everybody needs this, right? It was right after 9-11, like, we all need this. And we would do what we called power stretch while we did our our, uh, walks on the flight line to make sure, you know, there was no objects on the flight line. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, our (laughs) walks. So we would, you know, make sure that we, we got in some power stretch, but... What I realized, and you know, I told Matt, I was like, "You got to go to my first class. If you don't like it after that, that's fine." Um, but he's loved it. And again, we know that if we're not on our mats, even if it's just for a little bit every day, um, Matt introduced me when we were stationed in California to going to some meditation classes. And I'll be honest, even being the yogi, um, that has been a challenge for me to quiet my mind, to sit still. And so I always tell everybody, you just have to find something that works for you and and keep at it, even if it's just for five minutes a day, because um, you're right, Denny, like we all need to have that balance and to be able to find something that works. Um, but I do think it's been exciting since I've been teaching yoga for over 20 years now, the acceptance and um, and just how it you know, people have been able to bring this into gym settings. It doesn't have to be the traditional yoga studio. Um, you see a lot of outdoor meetup classes. Uh, but I always tell people it's you, just like a massage therapist or a barber. You just have to find somebody that works for you. So keep yeah. trying until you find somebody that works. Holy cow, 20 years. Jeez, that's um, that's a long time. You're 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 you you mastered it. That's <laughs> well. I don't. I don't. I don't think you ever mastered it. It is no. you're always on a journey. Uh, yeah. But beginner's mind. Know. Beginner's mind. It's it's just very you. I at least I don't. I, I don't get the chance to to interact with somebody that's been able to do. You know, all except for like the instructors and teachers. Everybody that I, I com- communicate with and talk with on a daily basis. Everybody's still in that beginner's like journey of like two, three years, twenty years. Like holy cow. That's yeah. And I just wish I had it when I was playing competitive college athletics, you know, like had I 
had it introduced earlier in my athletic career, I would have probably prevented a lot of injury. I would have had, you know, some uh, better mind-body connection, balance, you know, all of that. Um, And that I think would have, so I, 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 even though it's been a while, I do feel like, um, you know, I wish I would have had it earlier, but uh, again, I always tell people, you don't have to be super flexible. You don't have to be a super athlete. Like that is the point of it is you, it's yeah, going to meet yeah. you where you're at on your mat. Yeah. I, I used to blocks. I can't, I can't reach anything yeah. like past my knees. Like that's 15 <laughs> blocks. Uh, that's what I need. <laughs> awesome. As you go, as you go further in your career, do you find yourself trying to expand that knowledge and, and that sort of like giving to that younger generation of service members, uh, that, idea of understanding like there's more to life after service you have to start broadening your your scope and seeing what's out there because i feel like i know for me i know when i was uh, a young uh, green beret it was like nothing this is it this is all i'm doing i don't want to do anything else and i never saw a, a mentorship where it was explained to me like hey think about after service and giving back to the community it's only now in the last few years that I realized how important it is to give back as a human being, as a service uh, a service member, giving back to your community is something that's so rewarding. I'm only now realizing the gift and, and the importance of sharing that. Like I didn't realize as a young guy, you just think it's all about this action life of deploying all the time. And you never think about civic duty. You never think about giving back to your community. And now I'm like, holy cow, like, I wish I would have been able to give back to my younger generations and been able to tell them, hey, take some time off during your week and give back. It's going to feel good for you. Um, but how do you, since you guys are still in and still working with the next up and coming uh, high speed airmen and or airmen, what do you guys tell them of as far as, uh, hey, take some time out and, and pour into your community? Mm-hmm. Is that something that comes up in your conversations? Yeah, and that's actually one of the things that keeps us motivated to continue to serve is because uh, um, that influence that you have on the next generation. And we're honored to see the, the next generation come in is super talented, uh, way smarter than, than I ever was when we came into the military. <laughs> Knows technology more than we will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. So that, <laughs> that, that part is inspiring. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was the same way. You know, when I was a young officer, all I want to do is fly airplanes. Like, I'm just... I don't ever want to do the staff job. I just want to fly airplanes. Um, but uh, um, it's one of the reasons why we continue to serve is the ability to take the experience that we've had and pour that into the next generation and inspire them to want to continue beyond. It's not just you're getting a skill that you can immediately go get paid more on the outside. It's you're, you're part of something bigger. You're a part of a, uh, of a group of people that uh, believe in something bigger than themselves. And, uh, and serving our country has been uh, the ultimate um, honor for us to be able to do. And so what we, what we focus on more specifically is mission values and wellness. So our mission, obviously we're doing a mission that uh, is bigger than ourselves. And then the values we live by is not the same as what you might find in a, in a company outside. So you live to a, a different standard, I'll say. And then the wellness piece where um, we feel that as the we're training and leading the next generation is we care about them as people, not just what they produce um, in their specific specialty. Like when they are going through tough times, we want them to call and lean on their brothers and sisters in arms to help them through that time instead of feeling like I don't belong here, I don't fit in, and then go isolate themselves. We want them to lean on 
their brothers and sisters that are also in the military going through what they're going through. No. Uh, and Denny, I'm super excited that you're asking this because, um, first of all, a shout out to um, our millennials and coming up behind them because there's a lot of studies out there that show that they are very concerned about work-life balance and you know, doing things with purpose and having a cause. And so there is a huge generation that is wanting to, I think, make the world a better place, whether that's climate change or equality. I mean, for all the maybe unrest that we feel, I also think like this is change and we're, we're getting to the place where we need to be, where everybody is respected. And, um, so I, so I'm excited for that generation, um, to come in. And I had a, an, older uh, general who gave me advice. He said, you know, Mikhail, there will always be multi-generations, whether that's in the military or in the workspace or in community. And we have to figure out a way to utilize each other's talents. So I think that it's, it's so cool that we're starting to see a movement in health and wellness, especially mental health. We're talking about it. We're sharing resources. It's, it's not one of those things, you know, the greatest generation of our World War II veterans, you know, my grandparents, my grandmother even served and they never talked about it. We never heard about, you know, what happened or what, what they went through. And so that's why I'm so thankful for people like you is we have to tell our story. We have to say that there's, I mean, Matt and I have been honored. We never thought, we thought we'd do our five years of our first enlistment and then be done. And we've served now way longer than we expected. And that's because we've loved it. We've loved meeting people. We've loved living in different parts of the world. We've loved being a part of a mission. But I do think that, you know, as our military service all of the departments have started to downsize and shrink. And, you know, we don't have as many family members that have served. Um, It it gets even more important that we tell our story uh, because we need good people to be able to uh, continue, whether it's at, you know, protecting our homeland, you know, being able to like in the air national guard, you know, we've been very busy with mother nature, whether it's floods or wildfires or, hurricanes. So again, we just need great people that are looking to to serve and yet know that there is a transition and there is life after that. Yep, and yep. you know, whenever that time comes where it's time to take off your uniform, you can still take those skill sets and be able to give back to the community. So many places and so many companies now too are offering that. So uh, it's an exciting time, exciting movement, I think, to be in the space. And again, I appreciate you helping share our stories absolutely uh and and it's it's absolutely true um i i love doing this because it gives a true representation of what our veteran community is um they see a lot of kids a lot of young people they see the video games they see the movies and it highlights only like three real characteristics of like a small percentage uh, you always see seals you always see the some special operations force unit and you're never highlighting the real american heroes that are doing this that are mm-hmm. actually taking all the tools and all the things they learned from their time as leaders in the military and then pouring it into a nonprofit, into a, a work of passion and, and and of real purpose to help others and that's that's what we need to be highlighting everybody's story is important um and come to realize, uh, I didn't think, you know, being young, you don't think it, anybody cares, but people do care. It does matter. People want to hear it. 
just as much as people want to tune in and see fake seals on TV, they want to tune in to a podcast or a TV show and hear your story. Because what you guys are doing is showing all of us, every service member out there, whether you're Air Force, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, you're showing all of us that we can have a mission and a purpose after service. And it can be of the heart. It doesn't have to be get out of the military, work in a factory, or work for a corporate job that doesn't have any connection to our hearts. We can go out there and dream. And we can dream big. We can do great things to help people. And that's what I want to highlight. That's what I want to show the world because I was there. I was that guy that thought he was going to do his entire service 30 plus years and being being an army until you know you, you just fall apart and and pass off um but it didn't happen and i had to start thinking about what i wanted to do in life and people are really quick to tell you to do the safe conventional thing but i haven't done anything conventional <laughs> in my military career in fact i'm part of the most unconventional of the unconventional yes, so why are. would i why would i go into you know a nine to five job or or deny what my passion and my heart's telling me to do. And again, like if I would have, if I would have been able to see what you guys were doing at the very beginning, I would have been like, this is too easy. Uh, I know there's something in here telling me to be a service to others. And if they can do it, I can do it. So I hope this gets out. And in fact, no, I know it will get out to people that are still in service and figuring out how they're going to go about their next phase in life. And I feel that nonprofit work, I feel that being tied into your community and giving back to others is what service members are made for. We're, we're uniquely adapted for that. We, our entire lives and everything we've done in the military is of service to others. And, and it's deeply embedded in who we are. And there is so much room for that everywhere. So I can't thank you guys enough for coming on and sharing your time because time is the most valuable resource. <laughs> and there's, I know there could be a million other things you guys could be doing today, but you taking the time to speak to me in the audience on your cause and your nonprofit is, it's very important. I, I'm very grateful for it. So thank you. No, oh, and we are absolutely grateful for your time as well and the opportunity to, to talk with you and, and, uh, you know, throughout our military career, I'm sure that, uh, not just pilots are the, we're not the only ones that complain probably about some of the frustrations that we see in the military. Uh, if I were in charge, here's the way I would do it. Well, the nonprofit space gives you that ultimate flexibility. Um, one example was COVID. We were able to pivot in an instant to do to still continue the, our mission. And so um, it's it's a uh, it, it can sometimes weigh you down with all that responsibility, but at the same time, it, uh, it gives that ultimate flexibility and freedom to do what your vision is to serve that community that you're trying to reach out to. So, uh, but but it's platforms like this that allow us to continue to spread the word. So we're grateful for the opportunity to talk with you. Absolutely. Um, you guys are going to be on our website shortly. Um, we're going to blast everything we can to promote you on your social media, share and tag everything we can. Uh, but please uh, tell us the name of your website and all your handles for Instagram and Twitter and all uh, TikTok and everything, if you would, please. Yeah, of course. Our website is holbrookfarmsretreat.org. And we're also on Facebook at Holbrook Farms Retreat and Instagram as well as our main platforms. Um, but uh, we also on our website, um, it has the connection to, to reach out to us if you want to get our mailing list, if you want to reach out to us directly, phone number, uh, email. Um, you know, there's all kinds of ways to reach out to us. And we'll do the same thing with you. We'll, we'll take our uh, platform and make sure we blast out security help to everyone that we know. Uh, just great people doing great work to serve a community. 
And awesome. from- I really appreciate it. A wellness shout out, if I may, Denny. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> month of November, um, we are doing the Survivors of Heroes Fun Runner Walk. And again, um, we would love it. It Today is actually the day that we're going to be doing it, but you can do it any day. And again, just trying to remember to you know, take care of your own um, health and wellness, but also do it in memory of uh, our heroes and those that they've left behind. So um, we'd love it if everybody would wherever they are at whatever time they want to go out and get a, get a few miles in uh, for the survivors. That's right. You got to do it. Thank you so much, guys. Um, it's been an honor and a pleasure. I can't wait to have you guys back on. Just know whenever you need us, whenever you want to re- uh, get something out, even if it's a short message or anything, you're always welcome on our podcast. You're always welcome. Um, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, until next time. You're back, bye.